Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. All right. So first of all, I want to say hello to everyone who's joining us online. Uh, Calvin is there. Would love to uh, say hello. Uh, message him if you have any prayer requests. We want to lift you up however we can. So I've got a, a tool here. Um, that I have had in my toolbox for about 10 years. Uh, I've never used it because I have no idea what it is. I think it has something to do with the blinker fluid in my car. That's all. I, I'm not sure how it works. But um, So we're going to actually uh, play a little game here. Now, um, so the youth pastor's here, and I, I'm ripping this off from youth, and it hasn't worked real well in the other one. So I need you to show her like we can be fun too, all right? So um, I'm stealing this idea from her, but this is uh, what I'm going to do here. I'm going to put this right here at the end of this table. And so uh, I'm going to show you a tool, and uh, probably not a real common one. And the first person who could come up here and grab my mystery tool and tell me what that is gets Oreos, which I happen to steal these from youth ministry as well. All right? So it's all stealing from youth this morning. So what, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this thing up. Do you understand the rules? So first one who could come up here, uh, stretching out a little bit over there, Travis, that's good. Uh, whoever could come up here and get that tool first, tell me what this thing is, gets the cookies. All right? All right, let's bring the first one up. Does anybody know what that is? Well, come tell us. I'll eat the cookies if you don't come on up here. Ted knows. Hurry, you better hurry. <laughs> All right, Mike, do you know? It's not an oil wrench. No. It's not a filter wrench. Your guess. No, you don't know. It's uh, here, you can have this. It's a you don't get any Ted. Uh-uh. It's a pipe cutter. It's a pipe cutter. So you take that around your exhaust pipe, you could cut it through. Now this next one is well, good job on the effort. Poor answers, but good effort. All right, so now we're going to um, look at this. This next one's not a tool, it's an instrument. Anybody know what that is? Nobody knows what that instrument is, huh? Okay, I'll keep these for myself. And it is a, uh, you got to come up here. Here comes one. You better hurry, he's coming. Yeah, so she says he doesn't know what it's called, but you make music with it. it yeah, it's called a theremin, actually, and you're right. And so um, this thing, um, this is amazing. It's like you put, it, and it came out in like the 20s or the 30s, but it picks, it has antennas and the frequencies that are, your hand makes, it makes music. And this has nothing to do with the sermon, but I want, it's so cool, I had to show you. So let's go ahead. Will you play, look at how the theremin is played. Isn't that cool? So, yeah, just, I thought that was awesome. So, okay, one more. All right, we're, we're just going to do one more, Jeff. And so, what's that? It's not a whoopee cushion. Somebody here knows. I'm not listening to you, Carl, until you grab that thing. 
You better hurry. It's a tool to get into your window and unlock your car. Okay, yeah, that's good enough. It's, a, it's an inflatable shim. And you know what? I've got an extra one of these, so there you go. So, uh, yeah, and so, yeah, you can but use it to get in your car, too, if you got locked out. So inflatable shim. So, okay, so anyway, we've got these tools um, that we have in our toolbox, but a lot of us, we don't know what they are. We don't know how to use them. And I want to talk about some tools that God has given us. So if you have your Bible, open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to spend most of our time, um, actually, this week and next week. And so this is a two-part, two-parter on this passage here. And so I want to start with how Paul talks about these tools. And he says, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant, or I don't, do not want you to be uninformed. So he wants us to understand these. Now, now, here's the thing. As I was looking back in my notes, and the last time I've talked about spiritual gifts was about four years ago. And the truth is, is I don't think in the 11 years that I've been preaching here, I don't think I've ever gone through and clearly explained what they are, how to use them, and what they're all about. So I want to just apologize. I am sorry, uh, because I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to have every single tool that you need that you can just open up the drawer and say, okay, I need this right now. I could use this. This is my tool and whatever God wants to do, um, I'm ready. And, and so, you know, I have a bunch of trees that I've been taking down in my house lately and I don't own a chainsaw. I have a sawzall. Have you ever taken a tree down with a sawzall? It's horrible. It's like you're just like, this the whole time. And like your whole body shakes for like three months after you do it. I mean, it's insane, right? And so Ken comes over and he helps with his chainsaw. But you need the right tool for the right job. So you need to know what's in your toolbox and you need to be ready to use it when it's time. So let's check it out. We'll skip down to verse four. And so Paul goes on telling us, he says, there's different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each of them, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the spirit, the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. It seems like he wants us to get something about who these come from. To another, the gifts of healing by that one spirit to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And I love this. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. Okay, so there's different gifts, different works, different times. God is behind all of them. Now, I want you to understand the context of 1 Corinthians. Paul wrote this letter probably two or three years after he established the church. And there's really no other way to describe the church of Corinth except like it's the church gone wild. I mean, there are all sorts of problems there. They're they're suing one another. They're they're hypersexual. They're they're speaking out of turn. There's just all this disorder. People are one up in one another, like my gift is better than your gift and I'm more important than you. And Paul is with this letter. He's like, we got to correct this thing. And I love what he says in 1 Corinthians 14, 40. And I think that's the heart of much of this letter. And he says, everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. A fitting and orderly way. So fitting, so it fits with who we are, what God is doing in the midst of us, order. There's no chaos in the middle of the church. 
And so now these, these gifts in this letter, it's about order in the church. And he's saying, if you go to chapter 12, communion there. You guys, communion is not a big party. That's what Paul's telling him. That this is it's much more sacred. It's much more important. Stop doing communion like it's just for you. And, and then he, in verse 11, he talks about worship. He says, no, worship people, it's not about drawing attention to yourself. It's about worshiping God and putting him first. And so things are out of order here. Now, I want to submit, though, a big premise to you about all these gifts. And, and the premise that I, I want to say, and that I believe with all my heart, is that these gifts go beyond the church. Okay, they're supposed to be used in church, but they're actually for your life. They're actually for you every day in everything that you're doing. Just like communion can happen outside of church, right? In fact, we hope that those of you online, we hope that you participated in communion in your home. And that worship isn't just like in this building, that worship is happening all the time. And see, John 14, 17, Jesus says, the spirit is with you and will be in you. Do you get that? So it's, when you leave these doors, it's not like the Holy Spirit stays in this room and you keep going. It's not like you come back next Sunday, like, oh God, the Holy Spirit's back. He is in you. He's with you. He lives in you. If you've given your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit resides in your heart everywhere you go. And in 1613, in the same book, Jesus says, and the Holy Spirit will guide you in all truth. So he's going to help you and take you wherever you go. But the linchpin for me is 2 Peter 1.3. And it says, his divine power has given us, his divine power has given us everything we need for church. Wrong. That's not what it says. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness by the knowledge of him who called us for his own glory and goodness. So he's given us divine power, the Holy Spirit, for life. In Galatians 5, I think it's 13, maybe 15, we are to walk by the Spirit. And all that we do, we are walking with the Spirit, in step with His Spirit, by the Spirit. And then Paul tells us this is the same Spirit, the same goal behind all these things. And yes, he's talking about, now when we share these gifts in church, we do it in order. And see what God does is he gives like, okay, there's a word of knowledge and he gives it right there and there's knowledge and then there's some healing and he wants to use this person to pray for healing. And then there's some wisdom and he brings it over here and then we all, different parts of this body, he brings these things up for the right time at the right place in the right moment. And we're to seek these gifts. And I, I believe that every single one of them is available to every single one of us then we use them when we need them. So let me give you a few foundations. Just as I go into these spiritual gifts, a few things, a places, just so you understand where I'm starting from and where I'm beginning from, okay? The first foundation is I believe that all of these gifts in this chapter are still available for all of us today, okay? And there's a couple reasons I believe that. Now, I want you to know not all Christians believe that. And Christians who don't believe that are gonna be in heaven, okay? They're still our friends, all right? If you, you know, and the, if you don't believe that, I can still be your friend, all right? And we're going to share heaven together here, all right? But, see, I believe that they're still available today from number one, because we have the exact same Holy Spirit residing in us that the apostles had. And do you remember when little Jacob was up here and he was leading us in the Lord's Prayer? And I loved what Julie said. She said, Jacob here doesn't have a junior Holy Spirit. He has the same Holy Spirit that you and I do. Now, there have been and there are 
obvious counterfeits. And that's why a lot of us are like, wait a second here. I mean, you've seen them. You've turned on the television and you're like, that's what this is? No, thank you, right? I don't think, I don't know if God's doing that, but that, that, that's weird, right? And there are definite obvious counterfeits. Misuses, there's a wrong focus. I mean, people make them everything when really they're just, a, they're just tools for us. And that's what Corinth, that's the exact same thing that Corinth was doing is they put them in the wrong order and there's misuses here. But I love what Martin Luther says about things like that. And it's really kind of my philosophy when it comes to, to ministry is, you know, we keep the baby, we throw out the bathwater. We don't throw out the baby. We want to keep babies around here. All right? And so uh, Luther says this, do not suppose that abuses are eliminated by destroying the object which is abused. For example, and this is typical Luther, men can go wrong with wine and women. Shall we then prohibit and abolish women? Well, of course not, right? Just because some guys can't get it straight. That's not their fault. I mean, they need to take responsibility for their own actions there. We don't kick all women out. The sun, the moon, and the stars have been worshiped. Shall we then pluck them out of the sky? So a counterfeit and an abuse, that's not a good reason to say, okay, I'm going to have nothing to do with that thing. And here's the next thing, is that my limited experience doesn't define the truth. So you might say, well, I don't think I've seen this gift in my 50 years of living. Well, that's a pretty myopic view, right? Because if we're going to say, okay, let's take healing, for example. If we're going to say that healing ended with the apostles, then what we're saying is that for the last 2,000 years, in all of Christianity, over the entire world, God has never healed anyone miraculously. I'm not so sure that I'm willing to say that. Okay, and now I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. I'm going to talk a little bit more of the scriptural foundation as we get into uh, healing and some of the other gifts next week. But, but that's my start, okay? And here's the next thing, is that spiritual gifts are neither the goal, nor are they the indicator of depth. And some people feel like, okay, spiritual gifts, we're chasing after these. We want to, really, we want to see a show. You know, God, do something, right? But that's actually not the goal. Paul told us what the goal is. Do you remember what it was? The common good. That's the goal. And what we're doing is we're not chasing after spiritual gifts. We're chasing after Jesus. And listen, I have seen very, very gifted people who have very, very little character. It's not the same thing. Okay, depth is character. Depth is how you have been transformed to be like Jesus. All right, we talked about this in Ephesians just a couple of weeks ago. That when the wind, you know, this teaching and that teaching, they don't sway us and we're not tossed back and forth because we are mature in Christ. So, so depth is to be solid in who we are in Jesus. And I'll take a transformed person over a gifted person any day of the week. And I want you to understand that there are no second-class Christians, okay? And unfortunately, the church has, at times, or people in the church have told others, and if anyone has told you that you are less, you are less of a Christian, or you are less saved, or you are less his, because you don't operate in this gift or that gift, I'm sorry. I'm sorry they did that, because it's just not true. This body is beautiful, and it's the same spirit in you that's in me. And there's different manifestations. What's a manifestation? It's just a revealing of what God is doing. And so there's different revealings of what he's doing at different times in different places. And here's the third foundation. I believe that we should desire these gifts, we should grow in these gifts, and we should practice these gifts. 
And I get that from Paul in 1 Corinthians 14.1. He says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy, especially the ones that build one another up. So we should actually desire these things. And here's one of the places where I think we get it wrong, is we say, okay, well, what's my gift? I actually think that's the wrong question. And I think Ken did a great job. Remember how he said, like, if some guy needs healing, if your neighbor needs healing, you don't have to call up and say, sorry, I can't pray for you. I got to find the healing guy in our church. You just pray for him. And God lets you open up that toolbox and you get to pray healing for that person right when you need it, right? So I don't think we should be asking, what's my gift when it comes to this list? I think we should be asking, what's needed? God, what do you want to do? What tool do I need to get out of the box here so I can use it right now effectively for what you want to do? And here's the final thing that I want to bring forward here. And that is our foundation, is that our seeing and our experiencing is not the only indicator of God working. So I pray for people all the time, right here usually. And I pray for healing. And there have been times where I believe God has healed miraculously and instantly. I've experienced instant miraculous healing. And I'll tell you what, I like that. I want that. But do you know what the person who's getting the healing wants? Healing. They don't care, right? And so if they go and their doctor, God uses their doctor to heal them, praise the Lord. And and if God uses their body to heal itself, praise the Lord. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. We'll take it. They'll take it. And God could work it out any way he wants to do it, right? So our seeing isn't the only indicator of God working. And here, I think, is the biggest mistake. And here's the one thing, if there's anything that I get across over these, this weekend and next weekend, the biggest mistake I think of the church is, is that I think we have made these gifts, we've put them up on the top shelf and we've kind of encased them in gold glass and they have a little hammer, you know, break in case of an emergency. And see, we have made these gifts way too mysterious and way too unattainable. And many of us have in our mind that these are the things for the special people, right? The special, the powerful Christians. I, I could not disagree more. Or if not that, it's like for the insanely brave people, right? Because it takes a lot of gumption to come up and say, thus saith the Lord, right? Wow, are you sure? You know, and not very often do people come up and say, I thinketh saith the Lord. I'm not sureeth, right? It just takes some gumption. And I want to take them off this top shelf and by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the truth of God's word, what I'm hoping that God does is he takes them off the top shelf and he puts them in your hands. That's what my goal is right now, is I want you to be able to operate these all the time. And so if you come up with a spiritual wall, then you've got a spiritual sledgehammer and boom, you can knock that sucker down. And if you have no idea what to do, then you could come and say, Holy Spirit, please give me supernatural. Give me the gift of wisdom. And by supernatural, I just mean more than what you have on your own. Give me the gift of wisdom so I can go forward. And if you're not sure about what's right or what's wrong, and it's just like, what's good and what's evil here? I, I hope and I pray that God will give you the spiritual gift of discernment so you can cut through and that you can see. These are for every day. And we are to desire all of them. Why? So you have what you need at the right time. And I'll tell you what, about all these gifts, if God wants me to have it, I want it. If it's a gift from God, I'll take it. 
And if God wants you to have it, I want you to have it. Because I want you to win. And I want you to have the right tools. And I want you to be effective in your life, okay? So those are my foundations for this week and next. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up the toolbox. And we're going to look at the first one. It's verse 8. And it says, the message of wisdom. The message of wisdom. Now, what's wisdom? Wisdom is not knowledge. It's the application of knowledge. I've got some quotes. I think these are some wise quotes. Let's go ahead and bring up some of this wisdom. So the first one from uh, Theodore Roosevelt. If you could kick the person in the pants responsible for your trouble, you wouldn't sit for a month. I think that's pretty wise. Then I like this next one. Even I don't wake up like Cindy Crawford. And it was Cindy Crawford who said that. I think that's probably pretty good. And then this final one, housework can't kill you, but don't take the chance. Now, I'm not saying that those are, that's Holy Spirit wisdom, okay? That's just wisdom. But wisdom, it's not just what I say. It's not just knowing. It's when to say it. It's how to say it. Just as importantly, it's if I say it, right? Let me give you an example. So sometimes it happens in my home that I wake up and I have the knowledge that Gina is really, really grumpy, okay? I don't know if that ever happens with you. Sometimes I'm grumpy, sometimes she is. And you know what wisdom is? Not telling her. It has never, ever worked where I was like, Gina, you are really grumpy. And she has never said, and I've said that before, she has never said, thank you. You're right, I am grumpy. Thank you for pointing it out. Now I'll stop, right? Wisdom knows I don't do that. Now, if you want wisdom, what I love James tells us, that it is available to all of us. If anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Now, I love that phrase, without finding fault, because you know what that means? This is so good. So here you are. You made a mess, right? You're in a mess. And you're like, oh, Jesus, I need wisdom. I need wisdom out of this mess. You know what God doesn't say? He doesn't say, well, you made your bed, lie in it. He says, you need wisdom. It's completely your fault. God, can I have wisdom? Yes, you can. That's what I do. I'm happy to help you out of the mess that you made. I thank you for coming to me because that's what you needed all along. And I'm not going to come. I'm not going to find fault in the middle of this. This is so good. But I want you to understand that spiritual gifts here, what we're talking about, this is beyond what you and I can do on our own. This is beyond the wisdom that I've earned. See, I know by myself, I know, don't tell your wife she's grumpy. That's just a fool's errand. Don't do it, right? I think I've earned that, right? Figure that out. See, but, but the spiritual gift of wisdom would be, okay, now, Holy Spirit, will you please help me understand what to do right now? And sometimes it could be like this. You know, I remember last night when that woman said that thing to her, and I think Gina feels rejected. And I think wisdom would be to go over there and give her a hug and to tell her how much she means to me and remind her of how God is using her and and just to, to remind her of just what amazing creation she is. And I'll tell you what, that has to be God because I would never do that on my own. I need him to give me those things. And so we need to seek this gift. Now, the message of wisdom can happen for this body. I mean, Paul makes that clear. And I just want you to understand that that we welcome that. But the way that we do it here, fitting and in order. So if you have a message of wisdom, if you have a message of knowledge, if you have a message of prophecy, all we ask is so we could do it in fitting and in order is that you would come and you would give it to a pastor and say, I think the Lord might be saying this to our church. 
For example, God might say, you need to stop worrying about what people think and start fearing me above all things. Wow, that's good wisdom. And then we'll take it for the pastors and we'll say, now is this what we're doing right now? Is this is what God's saying for this time? And you have to know that if it's from God, it'll keep, okay? It'll stay fresh. It can wait for that time to go through that. So that's how we're gonna do it here, fitting and in order. But it's not just for the church. This is for your home. I need wisdom to parent these kids. I need wisdom to get through school here. So I need to ask God, Lord, would you give me wisdom that is beyond me so I can go forward here? Do you know why? Do you know why you need that? Because we need real solutions. We need real breakthroughs. We need real transformation. And you and I can only go so far, but there comes a point where only the wisdom of God is going to break this door down. Only the wisdom of God will show us the way through this. I need supernatural. just means beyond me, more than I can naturally do. I need supernatural wisdom to go forward. Lord, I'm going into this meeting. Will you please give me the gift of wisdom in the middle of this meeting because I'm not sure what to do. And Jesus talked to his, talks to his apostles, telling them in Luke 12, 12, he says, okay, the, now when you go out and after the Holy Spirit has filled you, they're gonna take you and they're gonna pull you in front of the Sanhedrin and they're gonna, they're gonna put you on trial. And he says, but don't worry because I will give you the words to say. I'll give you the wisdom. I will give you what you need. Isn't that good? See, it's not just for church. It's for everything. All right, let's open up the drawer. So we, oh, we got to look at wisdom. Now here's another one that you have in there, which is knowledge. The message of knowledge. The word of understanding for us. So we know what's going on. It's understanding that's beyond you for your life, for your family, for your kids. Do you, do you remember the first time, if you didn't grow up here, uh, I came here 14 years ago. Do you, does anyone remember the first time you went up on the Grand Mesa or found out what the Grand Mesa was about? Before I went up there, I thought it was like a big flat piece of clay. It just kind of looks like it's just a big adobe, right? And the first time I drove up on the Grand Mesa, now I already knew all about Telluride. I knew about your ray. I, you know, I knew about all these amazing things. But the first time I get up on the Grand Mesa, I'm like, wow, what is this place? And in the winter, it's like Narnia, you know? And there's this incredible cross-country skiing, and I love to go up there, and uh, Crags Crest, and just great places to hike. And in the summer, there's lakes and mosquitoes everywhere, right? It's like, oh, now why didn't, why didn't I go up there? Because I didn't have knowledge. I just didn't know. But now I have the knowledge, and it's awesome. And Hosea 4.6, God tells us, he says, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. Tell you what, this is what breaks my heart about our world right now. They're destroyed from a lack of knowledge if they just knew who Jesus is. If they just knew how good God was. They knew how loving and kind and powerful. And I mean, if they would just taste and see. Oh, but, but they're being destroyed by a lack of knowledge. And I don't want you to be destroyed by a lack of knowledge. I want you to have insight. So what is the gift of knowledge? It's insight of what God is doing and how he's getting it done. It's understanding of, okay, God is doing this, and this is how he's doing it. Matthew 13, 11, Jesus says, I praise you, Father, because you've hidden these things, these secrets, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Sorry, I was thinking Matthew 11 there. 
So God has given us this knowledge and he gives it to his little children. So we understand when other people don't understand, right? Now Gina, she uses this gift all the time. So she, she operates in this. So like the girls, I remember when they were in high school, they would go and they'd leave, you know, bye, have fun at the party. And Gina, she would say, you know that party's bad news, don't you? And I'm like, it is? But it's over at this girl's house. It's bad news. Gina just knew. She knows everything. Like I, I come home and she'll be like, after a day of work, and she's like, you ate a Big Mac for lunch. I'm like, I did not. How do you know? She just has this supernatural knowledge. Listen, you need this gift. You need this gift. You need to know what's going on with your kids, what's really going on with your kids in their hearts. You need to know what's going on in your family. You, you need this at work. You, you need this everywhere you go. You need to know what God is doing in the midst of your life. I need this for ministry here. God, give me knowledge. Now, some of you, you've operated in this gift and you don't even realize it. I've seen a number of people. I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and said, I just knew I had to move to Montrose. I don't even know why. I just knew. And here I am. I would say, well, that sounds to me like it was the Holy Spirit giving you knowledge that's beyond you. Or how about this? Have you ever had that moment where you're like, I, I need to check on my brother. I just need to call him. And you call. And what does your brother say? Oh, I'm so glad that you called. I'm really having a tough time. See, God gave you knowledge that was beyond you. So ask God for supernatural knowledge. And it's not for you. It's not so you can just be so smart. What is it for? The common good, remember? That's what all these gifts are for. And your kids need you to have it and your work needs you to have it. Now, but you gotta understand these gifts, they are so practical. They're so everyday. So here's an example. So I was doing a funeral a little while ago, and then uh, we all go into the gym for the uh, reception. And um, I really felt like I needed to minister uh, to a number of people at this reception, that I needed to be there. But at the same time, my daughter, Joy, uh, she's leaving for a flight here out of the airport. She's going back to Tyler to go to YWAM again. And so the plan was she was going to leave, and I was just going to stay at the reception. But I just knew. I don't know how. I just knew that I had to go with her. So I was like, Joy, I'm coming with you. And so I snuck out of the reception and I went with her. And you know what? It was so important. We had this wonderful conversation. And actually it was me apologizing because, so she's going and she's had so much faith. She just said, she said, God has told me to go back to YWAM. I have to go and I have to go right now. And I was like, yeah, just so like, yeah, that's great, Joy, but go later. Make some money. Quit asking for money, you know, just take some time and get a little break here. And I had to tell her as she was going, I was like, Joy, I'm sorry, because God told you and you obeyed, and I told you to do the worldly thing. And, and I'm just sorry because you had faith. I'm sorry I didn't respond in faith. And it was a really important moment for us to have. And it came about because God gave me knowledge that I need to be there to have that discussion. And it wouldn't have happened without that, and I think, supernatural gift of knowledge that came to me. But so practical. It's for everyday things, Okay. All right, let's open the door. This is the last one we're going to look at this week, and then we're going to look at the, the rest of them next week. Let's open up the door and drawer and look at miracles. No, faith. Sorry. We're going to look at faith. Miracles is next week. Now, the reason I got them confused is because um, I... Now, faith is connected with miracles, and faith is connected with healing. 
But I actually think that since Paul lists this as another one, there's actually a different focus that he has with faith. And I'm using the definitions from Hebrews 11.1 to guide us here. And what I think when he's talking about faith here, I think he is talking about assurance in the middle of the fire. Assurance in the middle of trial. And so this is what the definition of faith is according to Hebrews 11.1. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance for what we do not see. And this is what the ancients were commended for. All right, it's being sure. Hypostasis is the Greek word there. It really means like a deed or a title or a substance would be another word you can interpret it as. All right? So it's being sure of what we do not see. Do you understand that? So it means like I don't see God, but I am sure he is here. I don't see God, but I know he is good. I know he is loving. I know he is kind. I know he's watching out for me even though I don't see it. And it's not that I hope, it's not that I wish, it's that I know. I am certain about that. I'm certain that God is here. So now I went actually through Hebrews 11 and I looked at, it's called the Hall of Faith. And it talks about by faith, all these different people doing things by faith. And I looked at every single one of them. I counted 42, you might count different. I counted 42 times that people did something by faith. And then I, went, I studied every single one of them, like, okay, what's common? What happens when you work by faith? And here's the first thing. Every single one of the 42 of them, they acted in uncertain circumstance. Do you understand that? They acted. See, faith leads to action. It, moves, it leads to movement. I am certain, therefore I will. And they had, every single one of them had reason to think otherwise. God calls Abram and says, okay, now come out and I will take you to a land that I will show you. Come out of your father's land. Abraham had every reason to say, no, thank you. I would rather stay here. It's comfortable. I have everything that I need. I don't even know where you're taking me. They had reason to do otherwise, but by faith, they put God's direction and God's values above their own. And here's the next thing. Every single one of them hoped. They hoped for something bigger. They hoped for something better. And the beautiful thing, the last thing, is every single one of them received they acted by faith, hoping for something better and receiving what they hoped for. Now, some of them, it happened in the next life, but most of them, it happened in this life. You need supernatural faith. In times of difficulty and in times of challenge, you're coming up against it, but you say, no, I am certain. I know who God is. And then in times of obedience in times when you need to complete the work, you need to say, no, I am certain that God told me to go forward in this. I have faith in the midst of this. And in times of disappointment, and it's just not working, see, you need to have faith. I am certain that God is still good. I am certain that his promises are true. This gift, this spiritual gift, it is the gift for getting things done in the kingdom of God is the gift for going forward. Now, all these gifts that I'm talking about, these are gifts of the Spirit. And what I mean by that is that they're beyond what's natural. It's more than you can muster on your own. It's more than you've achieved, more than you've experienced. For example, so wisdom. Like, I think after five decades plus of life now, I've earned some wisdom through my own mistakes, just kind of going around. I think that, you know, wisdom is, I hope, is starting to kick in a little bit right now. See, but what I'm talking about here is wisdom beyond what I've earned. 
It's wisdom beyond what I've experienced. It's, it's like being smarter than you really are. I pray for that all the time. God, just give me wisdom that's better than me, bigger than me, beyond me. See, it's, you know a lot, but I, we're talking about knowledge that's beyond what you know. And see, we're talking about faith. You may be a very positive person, but this is faith that goes way beyond your positive thinking, your positivity. See, this is supernatural faith to do more than you can do on your own. And yes, it is clearly for this gathering, but it is clearly for your ministry and it's for your life and it's for your family. And it's for moving forward in Jesus. So next week, we're gonna dig into some more of these gifts. And we're gonna see how important it is that we are able to open up the drawer and just to be able to use any of these at the right time whenever God wants us to use them. And I want them. I want them all. So I think we should ask right now. So what what I'm gonna do if uh, we're just gonna focus on these three. I'm just gonna, uh, I'd like you to think about wisdom, knowledge, and faith. Now I want you to have all three of those, but is there one of those three that you would say, boy, I really wanna grow in the gift of wisdom. Or anybody who would say, I really need knowledge from God. Just, I need a knowing that I don't normally have. Or I need more faith. I need faith from God. I need him to give me that gift, okay? So I, I, wanna, I wanna pray for you. So how many of you would say, if you just raise your hand, just as kind of an act, a way to show like, yes, this is what I'm going after. This is what I'm from the Lord. How many of you would say, I, I, want, I want wisdom? That's my, okay, number of you. Probably about a third of you, okay? Now, how many of you would say, no, knowledge is the one that I'm hoping for? I need knowledge, okay, good. And how many would say, no, I need faith? For any of the three, the faith, okay, good. So now we're just gonna ask God to give you these gifts. So if you would, if you'd just stand up and we're gonna go into our worship time here. And I'm just gonna pray for you. You don't have to go anywhere. Now, if you would like, you can put your hands out like this, and this isn't any kind of mystical thing. What this is is to say, okay, I, I'm just kind of putting my body in a posture of where my heart is, which is I'm ready to receive, okay? And, you know, by the way, you could receive like this too. It still works, all right? Okay, so Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come right now. And Lord, I ask that you would release these gifts. Lord, you would re- release all your gifts. Lord, we want wisdom, we want knowledge, we want faith. Lord, we want to increase in these things for the common good. And Lord, I specifically, I want to lift up now every person who raised their hand saying that they want wisdom. And I ask Holy Spirit that right now you would just release wisdom. Release wisdom on your people. God, increase this gift, Father, and every person here. Give them the gift of wisdom. And Lord, that they would just know, they would have understanding of what to do and what not to do. And they would know when to speak and when to be silent. And they would just know what's needed for any given time and any given moment. And it would be bigger and better and smarter than they are, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just release this into our lives. Everybody who wants it, Lord, you say that if we ask, you're gonna give it to us. So release wisdom right now on your people. Increase the gift of wisdom. And Lord, I lift up those who raise their hands now for knowledge. And Lord, we just need to know. We need to know what's going on. We need to know what you're doing. And I pray, Lord, with our children, with our families, with our school, with our work, that we would just have an understanding that that's beyond us. That we would just know what you're doing. We would know what you're up to. And so, Lord, would you please just release the gift of knowledge right now. Increase the gift of knowledge in your people, Lord. We, We need to walk in this gift, Lord. Our families need us to walk in this gift. Our homes need us to walk in this gift. Lord, increase knowledge right now. Thank you, Lord. Because you say that if we ask you for bread, you don't give us a stone. 
Thank you that you're releasing this gift whether we feel it or not. And now, Lord, I lift up those who said that they need faith. And we pray the, the same prayer. Oh, oh, Lord, I do believe. Help our unbelief. And Lord, I, I pray that faith would increase and certainty would increase. And Lord, when circumstances come against us and when culture says it's this day, we say, no, 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 we know that we know what's true. Lord, give us a greater faith of your presence. Give us a greater faith of your work. Give us a greater faith in your promises. And I pray, Lord, that you would release by your Holy Spirit faith into our hearts and our lives like we've never had it before. I thank you, Lord, that there is a great knowing and understanding that's coming, Lord, from you for us. And we look forward to it. And God, we take these gifts, we receive them, we say thank you. But Lord, we remember that it's not about our ego. It's not about us being better than anyone else, Lord. It's for the common good. So we take these gifts and you've put them in our hands and now we just lay them down again. And we say, Lord, now use these for your glory. Use these to help other people. We say, here we are, Lord. Just use us. We are available, Lord, for whatever you want to do through us. And Lord, just fill us with your gifts so we can give them away for the glory of Jesus Christ. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in him. God bless you.